Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 243 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edelweiss, Ben Moss Woodward. You turn the lights out. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. And we also have uh, on tech this week, we have Commander Ventura. Good evening. evening. Uh, we also are joined by uh, two guests. We've got Commander Ray Tracer, who will be joining us later. And Commander All Crows Are Black, who is unfortunately dying of the flu a little. Yeah, no, 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 bubonic plague, go right. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, basically, <laughs> she's she's terminal, so... Yeah, I, I, I probably won't make it to the end of the show. I will die on air, live, I promise. Well, there, there's a first for you, everybody. We're going to have a first on-air fatality. <laughs> so, if you wish, you can join us. Well, actually, you can't join us. You can only join us at the Twitch channel. Um, we are hanging out in-game, but not in open tonight. Um... So if you can't get to us, there is the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And of course, we're live on Twitch TV slash laveradio. Well, let us go around the group and see what Before everybody's Before we go doing. too far, Colin, we have actually already caught a fatality, or very nearly a fatality, almost crashed into it because we actually started on time. Right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um... <sighs> So let us, in that case, go around the group and see how everybody's doing. We'll start with Commander Silvering. Uh, I'm I'm well, thanks. Uh, how am I? I am busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest because it's the copy edit the copy editing deadline for the forthcoming but one issue of Sagai was Saturday, which means that I've got a stack of articles as tall as a as tall as a large dog to work my way through. Um, and generally edit and proofread and massage into shape, um, which, uh, which is time-consuming, um, plus normal work, which means I haven't been able to get into game for quite a long time, which is a bit of a shame. Excellent. Uh, Commander Shan, how have you been? I've not been too bad this week. We've had, um, we've had no uh, outbreaks of Marie Kondo or <laughs> Meerkat attacks this week, so it's been... A nice relaxing week this week. Um, in, in game, I have been um, recuperating some of the money I spent in uh, on ships and stuff like that. So I've been void open mining and trading and all sorts of stuff like that. Finally got the binds right on my new Hotas, I think. It's only taken me all of three weeks to get them how I like them. But uh, hopefully they're all sorted out. So yeah, I've been moderately busy, but nothing too crazy, which was good because... After a hectic few weeks I had, it's nice to have a rest. And uh, oh, uh, with hesitation, Commander Edelweiss, how have you been? I've actually been awesome. Um, I went off to see Dismal's 2 again. No, no. I went to see Endgame again. That's what I went to see uh, with one of my flatmates. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been... I've made it to Bagel Point and... I'll be dropping in there imminently. I've been playing with my alt, and there's a Hutton Trucker run, uh, Hutton Trucker convoy coming up soon. 
And for that, we need a minimum jump range of 15 light years. So I've been engineering my Type 9 to get her to be able to jump up to 15 light years. Um, I've also, also been playing in the Lay Radio account, trying the new, the, trying the new stuff, uh, the new, what they called again, the new starter zone. Um, and for that federation district, that's the place. Um, so I found, I found a few things out about that. Um, and last week I wasn't having any luck basically getting my, there's meant to be a mission that we get inviting us to leave the district and go out into the universe and explore and stuff. So I eventually got that mission, um, and went out into the universe and explored. And I actually took the, Lave Radio account has actually made it to Lave Station after about five years or however old the account is. I think, you know, but basically I went off and deleted it a few weeks ago for this. And it was sitting in some outpost somewhere with about 100 credits to its name. So who actually flies the Lave Radio account? Is that you, Ben? I, I have been flying it. But so basically. That's the it, reason why it only had 100 credits to its well, name. It's, well, it's less, it's, <laughs> it's, it's less flying, more colliding. <laughs> more, more colliding, isn't it, Ben? Really? Something, something along those lines. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's why she's got the live radio account, has got the, oh, the doc, advanced docking computer and the advanced um, hyperspace computer thing, the frame shift drive. Super, super cruise assist. Yeah, that. So when you um, said you're invited to leave, is that invited to leave as in, as in, you're free to go in the big wide galaxy, or is that invited to leave as in Theresa May invited? To leave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 nine nine minutes. We managed nine <laughs> minutes. I thought we were going to do well. We were wrong. We apologise. We <laughs> Bear with me, I've got 650 items to sort, and then I'll tell you what the message says. Um, but bas basically, so we get a message up in our information panel saying, Dear Commander, there's stuff for you to go and do. Here we go. Right. Um, need the starter zone. Here we go. Uh, so I actually took a screenshot of it. So we've got, we've got um, and you're told, you get an Exploring the Galaxy mission. Venture beyond the safety of the Pilots Federation District and explore the galaxy. Travel to Hackworth Orbital in the Ehekital system. And the, the, the was, I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I don't think you got that right. Can you try again? <laughs> I would say Ehekatal. E H E C A T L. Ehekatal or something like that system and collect 100,000 credits. So this is go. Is that is go a waypoint? On the way there. <laughs> yeah. No. So basically, they're trying to bribe you with 100k just to yeah. get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Get out and get 100k. So, uh, what, what's so it's only about five light years outside the, the um, district. And then you're banned for and life. And then you're forever. Uh, and it does actually say, please note, docking outside of the Pilots Federation district will revoke your district permit. Woohoo! So it's like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, you, you're too good. So, um, We'll come back to the the uh, the Pilots Federation area in a bit, actually. But uh, is it, I mean, what was the the level which you got that that message? Did you end up with um, the mostly's and all three, or was it? I think it's mostly 
in two of them, I think it is. Ah, right. That's um, fine. So yeah, mo- mostly in two of them now, but I don't think I'm need needing to be. Hmm. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've still got my I've still got my alt in there. Um, right. Well, apart from dying of of Lurgy, um, Crow, how we've how's your life? It's it's been it's been amazing. It's been an amazing week, actually, really challenging. I mean, apart from IRL stuff, which has all been sort of just being ridiculously busy and doing really interesting conferences and spending, having free reign in the Royal Armoury for a week and doing greedy things. Um, in game, obviously, it's all been about the final, the closing stages of um, UWT and getting getting everybody up to up to big point, making sure that everybody's. <laughs> Manages to get there. We've had a couple of instances of, of, um, uh, of unwarranted aggression, shall we call it, um, mm-hmm. to, to deal with in uh, the PC, with, among the PC group, I know actually it happens. Um, but all in all, it's just been just, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Things are just busy, 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 getting everybody happy, getting everybody engaged, instancing <laughs> just continuously. It feels like the days. Um, getting people down um, to the point, getting all these lovely kind of uh, mass meetings together. Um, the, the the jump in has really taken off as a thing to do. So not only are we doing mass jumps out, but we've also got by now the, the kind of mass jumps in. It's getting to receive everybody um, and firing probe around the star to create these kind of light shows. It's been great. So it's been crazy. Excellent. Um, well, uh, let's see. Personally, uh, I hit a bit of a milestone this week, um, a couple of days ago. Those of you who might have noticed on Facebook, I, I finally managed to get Exploration Elite thanks to the Ramtar mission. So that's me, two out of three elites. I've now got to just shoot a heck of a lot of Thargoid scouts to finally get my uh, uh, elite combat ranking. And um, that will be me for a while, I think. Um, apart from that, uh, yes... It, I'll tell you one thing. Once you've done exploring for a long while, and then you come back to doing combat, the Thargoid Scouts basically hand your backside to you on a silver platter. It's not pleasant. Uh, yes, so it's taken me a little while to, to get back into it because I've just been away to Madrid. But uh, I'm now back to and used to the cold, wet Manchester weather. So going so- to Spain... Gets you your exploration elite. No, uh, those are unconnected. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be worth. It's got to be like at least four percent of the way to elite. I'd have thought it's quite far. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's peanuts to go into the Pleiades. Oh yeah, fair. Yeah, I suppose so. But only if you take them. Only if you take the mega bus, though. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that because um the mega you know the the mega bus um uh the mega ships that we were calling the mega buses i've i've put in a request on the forum to have Darrow Brian's face plastered on one side <laughs> no Not you're on Greyjoys. no it's it's just that's for the people who know mock the week if you don't know mock the week then please look it up it's on youtube somewhere <laughs> Ah oh, dear. Oh, but we should actually vote for whose face to be on the Megabus, though. No, um, if, if, I'm sorry. If it's the Megabus, no, no. it has to be Darrow O'Brien. 
There's no, 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 money about no, no, it. no, no. You just have a vote for one, two, three, or four, and then mm. once the vote comes in, then you're told who it is. Uh-huh. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, it was, it, did you want a bit more salt there to go with that tequila? Oh, I was, uh, I was going to provoke you, Colin. No, no, I am trying to stay calm about the whole business at the moment. I think I'm doing an admirable job. Plenty of time left. <laughs> <laughs> So, on the subject of which, we will move into the development news that we've had over the last uh, week or so. So, we've had um, Patch 1, which has come in, which did seem to resolve quite a few bugs that um, were highlighted by the initial April update. Um, and also, there was the removal of the uh, uh, the, the boost killers. I mean... Was everybody happy with that? Obviously, judging by the the, the silence, I'm getting there. Boost killers. Well, yes. I mean, there was. Oh, yeah. I got a bit. I, I'm Do you want me to handle this, Colin, or you got it? Yeah, you handle it, Ben. Okay, so with the new patch, there were boost killers that went out that basically, or that every every everything Are you, you sh- talking about the, drag munitions. Yeah, that's no, the one. That's oh, on. right. Two. Killers, right, okay. Yeah, but I know what Colin's on about, at least. I'm translating from Colin into into everybody else, I guess. <laughs> uh, just that so you were able to remember the name of it. That's the one. Because uh, I don't do PvP and I don't really like engineering. But I knew what Colin was on about with the drag munition stuff and how they went off and interfered with everything. And Yes, well, effectively, the, the effect of the... Uh, drag munitions, drag munitions? <clears throat> yeah, being able to to uh, stop your boost activating has been uh, rolled back to how it was before. So now it's it's just you can't change your um, your power distributor, so you, you're kind of stuck on whatever you've got set. Which I think is more sensible because how it was, even a single pellet from a frag cannon was enough yeah. to trigger the. The effect. I mean, I, th- I was actually okay with the effect if it had just been stuck to missiles. I think of the fact it was if it was the frag cannon as well, I thought that was makes it a bit too overpowered. If they really wanted to be fun, they'd put on a beam laser. <laughs> that I, turns uh, a beam laser into a tractor beam near enough. <laughs> I got ganked in uh, in weird the um, the engineer system um, mm-hmm. before the patch a couple of days. Um, and I was flying, I was flying a courier that does 850 meters per second boost speed. Wow! So, um, how did they catch you? They didn't. Oh, <laughs> the point no, well, is, you see, when you sorry, got it was, an, it was an attempted gank, and they had the they had the, the the drag munitions things, and they fired them at me, and I got the little warning saying your drives have been buggered about with, and uh-huh. I still evaded them easily. <laughs> it was brilliant. Did did you throw some shade their ways? You know, a couple of um, choice comments in the chat towards them. I'm not very good at that. Like, I, I'm not. Um, I don't. I don't know how people manage. I don't know how people manage to like throw down some some witty aphorisms at the same time as trying to fly a spaceship. Like, I can do one or the other, and at that point, I was pretty pretty focused on the. On the that is what I use. Voice attack. attack. Ah, yeah. I see. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me, Shannon, does that. 
So yes. hold on, with voice attack, you can actually just give people abuse over comms. You can actually you can set up a whole lot of yeah. Go on, go on, Shan. You first. Yeah, you can set a macro up to type rude messages Brilliant. and send them to chat on on voice. So it's all macro based. If that's the sort of thing you you like to do, uh, well, no, but it, some, it, cho- some some choice phrases for situations like that would be would be ideal. Really, <laughs> it's the equivalent of uh, can, uh, Lieutenant Uhura send sick burn, and and you know that'll. <laughs> <laughs> also, the note, please note that the phrase "sick burn" I got from my kids. So <laughs> you've now got a you've now got a dad saying "sick burn," which means "sick burn" is not cool anymore. Colin <laughs> Ford, the oldest person to ever say "sick burn." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we've got a lot of fixes to the commodities market. Um, a lot of crashes. Uh, the the, the absolutely irritating um, heat bug, uh, the multi uh, the multi group heat bug with uh, th- um, and the thargoids thargoids causing uh, a lot more damage. While um, if you've got if you're in a wing, uh, those have all been fixed, and they've got about fifteen or sixteen marked off the the issues tracker. Um, however, there has been a few extra bugs which seem to have appeared up, mostly to do with the FSS, which does seem to be playing up a bit since uh, the new patch came in. Um, yes, that's they, where it doesn't doesn't stay zoomed, does it? Well, the, the, what happens is that when you zoom out, it goes and fixes on the last thing that's uh, the biggest gravitational point close to where you zoomed in. So if you are looking, um, if you're trying to scan a whole load of moons around a gas giant, every time you zoom out, it focuses in on the gas giant again. Instead of where it was before, you just zoom out and you'd be hovering over the moon you just scanned. And also, there is a, a horrible one, which if the, um, this, the planets or the items you're trying to scan are something like more than 300,000 light seconds away, um, the entire uh, the entire scanner does a ninety degrees, and the UI just disappears up its own bottom. I haven't used the FSS since the uh, since the patch, so I can't comment. Well, well that's why it's called the FFS scanner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're waiting for that one. Was that another sick burn there? <laughs> No, a sick burn is when uh, I believe I believe I'm something of a of a cultural anthropologist in uh, in this sort of thing. I believe it's it's a reference to you being mocked in some way. So ah. it's sick. It's, it would be a sick burn if if it would be if that was taking the piss out of you personally. You, you realise now that sick burn after you've had to explain it to people, to sick burn has now got the cultural kudos of being called groovy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> oh, I just got told that in modern parlance, cool is not cool anymore. Just it stands for a constipated, obese old lady, which... I don't think cool was actually cool to say when we were kids, Colin. Well, then that probably goes and shows how old I am, because it was still cool back then, I was saying it. It must have been like 1830 or something. <laughs> oh, now that's a sick burn. That is a really sick burn, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just getting some um some salve on for that that burn. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I might have some Sudacrem if you want. Other, other soothing creams are available. <laughs> We're not the BBC. <laughs> you don't have to start <laughs> saying stuff about fruit-based podcast devices. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Tinkly Donk and done with the Nazis. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So uh, the patch came out. Uh, it does seem to have fixed a lot of the complaints that came out and then obviously just seemed to generate not as many complaints, but still some more. You know what it, it's usually like with this um, constant iterative process. Uh, so what's this, Ben, about griefing in the new starter systems? Right, well, so one of the things that obviously we all knew it was bound to happen, and before I disappeared out of the new star system, I had a look at the bounty board in the place where you actually start, and there were several people there with tens of thousands of bounties. Um, but as soon as you engage in PvP, you get a message basically say an urgent notification from the Pilots Federation um, in your emails that come in. Mm -hmm. And it's saying urgent notification from Pilots, notifi Pil sorry, Pilots Federation. And that's Pilots with an apostrophe. Yes. <clears throat> Pilots oh, Federation. I'm deeply upset by this. This is probably yes. my biggest complaint about the patch is that apostrophe. Damn right. <laughs> so Pilots, <laughs> Pilots Federation, urgent notification. Attacking fellow commanders in the Pilots Federation district is strictly forbidden. Continued Ooh. aggression will lead to revoca re revoca revoca yeah, revocation. Yeah, there is revocation of your permit and expulsion from the district. Um, and I've been told from people who have experimented that they do indeed get kicked out of the system, um, or they get kicked out of the zone. And I've heard it unofficially, that that is account-wide. So let's say, for sake of arguments, whilst I was... If, if I was logged in as Lave Radio and went off on a briefing spree, I then went off and changed Lave Radio to become uh, Diso Radio, I wouldn't be allowed back into the... Um, I wouldn't be able to get back into the Pilots Federation zone, even if I started up a new account. A new, can I, can a I new test commander. that on the Lave Radio account, Ben? No. You can test it on the Shenanigans account if you want, Chan. I think we should try and make the Lave Radio account the, the most feared griefer in human space. <laughs> Lave Radio account is worse than... Yeah, it'd be brilliant. It'd be really good. Oh, we are meant to be a bunch of forum dads, so I'm not sure how well that would work. But we can try it. I think we'd have to... Uh, I think we'd have to uh, adopt the Daenerys Targaryen battle tactics... What, get naked? No. <laughs> as be, as be so completely I've not seen any of season 8 yet, so careful. Season and 8 of what? I'm assuming he means Game of Thrones. Pro oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the aliens in the new uh, Eve patch. I think they've got the same name. Something like that, anyway. Whatever. Okay. Um, I'm not really... Going back on topic, I I'm not really surprised... People have done this, and no, it was um, bound to happen. It was, it, it, it was bound to happen, and it was a bit of a gauntlet. Really, now, it was, wasn't it? You know, as soon as you say, "Oh, you can't, you can't stay here," once you get past a certain rank and you limit what ships people can buy, I mean, of course, people are going to uh, 
do something like this. I'm actually, and although it is kind of, you've got a mechanism in place to kick people out, you do kind of ask, well, wouldn't it have been easier not to have the mechanism to kick people out, but to prevent people doing it in the first place? Yeah, indeed. Um, it's, also, uh, God, sorry, before we get too far, I also want to mention that anacondas have been seen in the area. So not quite sure how, because I'm not fully, I didn't fully go to every single system in the thing, looking at every single ship available. But somehow someone has gotten an anaconda docked up in the Pilots Federation district as well. Could they potentially have been novice or something before the patch? And- no, how they do it. Am I allowed to tell people how they do it? Yeah, go on. Let's swamp the starter zone with anacondas. <laughs> well, it's not really swamping because it takes forever to do it. But apparently what you do is you only take um, courier missions, you know, data courier missions. Yeah. Uh, because they don't actually raise your rank in anything. Ah, interesting. So you keep you keep doing you keep doing courier missions for some two hundred and something hours. I think it takes to get enough to do an anaconda. And because you are um, of no no rank, you can jump out of the system, buy an anaconda, jump back in again, and commence your murder spree. Smart. Gosh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Is that what people have done then? Um, because... There is another way they could go and do it. Could fly out of Barry, over to Alpha Centauri, over to Hudson Orbital, and they'll have 100 credits on them from doing the first mission. So they could go and get the 100 credit Anaconda from Alpha, from Hudson Orbital. That's probably how people do it, actually, thinking about it then. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That probably makes more sense, to be honest. Yeah. But I don't think it's, you, know, you have to be a fairly committed griefer to spend 200 and something hours grinding your way up through doing uh, courier missions for 40,000 credits a time. Yeah, that's that's pretty committed. You've got to ask, uh, well, yeah, that's a pretty pretty impressive thing, way to spend your time, really. Um, I sort of, um, it's, it's sort of, <laughs> I, I feel like the SDC and those like um, view, I've just, um, go on, sorry, Ben. No, I, I'm sorry, Sue, I'm, my brain thinking while you're talking. I've just had a horrible thought, though, and... I wonder if it's the kind of thing you could go off and set the bots to do. Uh, I don't I think it is. I, no, because you'd need to know. You'd need to know. Like the the bots work with um with. They've got OCR in them, though, so they can read the descriptions. Really? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Bloody hell. Fair enough. Well, that's an awful lot of faff just to kill someone on a sidewinder, isn't it? Really? Yeah. There are some awfully <laughs> bored people playing, though. I'm actually a bot. <laughs> Super readers a boss. Yeah, that is true. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I'm here is because my OCR software can read the uh, show notes. But you've got TTS stuff going as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite advanced TTS. That's not bad, actually. That's better than Alexa. Why we chose this posh English voice, I've got no idea. Yeah. Alexa, initiate self-destruct. Sorry, <laughs> Souverine, initiate self-destruct. That's what it meant. <laughs> T minus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll have to wait till Colin gets back before I um, before I before you self destruct. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's not bad AI either. But, but you're supposed to say, uh, "Serene, initiate self destruct," and then it should say something like, "Does the chief archivist concur with this order or something?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Colin has to go zero 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 destruct zero or something like. That. 
input his special code. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So we can't actually blow me up until Colin gets back anyway. So Okay, so no one's blowing Souverine until Colin gets back. No. Okay. Uh, cool. Should we get back on should we get back on on track? Um Yes. Right. We've yes. we've talked about that. We've talked about the getting back to the uh in game the new yeah, starter yeah. stuff. What's this about yeah? What's this about um, Frontier stating that you get forcibly ejected after a, fo- a small number of account-based PvP kills? Does that mean not... Oh, oh sorry, that, that's that's my English being crap. Um, right. It's account-based rather than a commander-based. So, as I was saying earlier, if Commander Lave Radio goes off and kills a bunch of folks, I then, and gets forcibly ejected, I delete the Commander Lave Radio commander... And make a new commander called. Oh, I see. Radio. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, what it's linked is... to your FID rather than your um, rather than your commander name? Yes. Uh, okay. But what what if what if the previous commander Lave radio had got had exceeded the number of PVP kills outside of this zone? I don't know. They'd you know, sat outside um, Dekiat or whatever it was, just killing people outside the zone. Would they still get? I would have thought not. I think it's only going to be for PvP kills inside the zone. zone. But obviously, none of us have tested this. Which is why you should let me have the account and I'll let you know. Nope. So have have we covered the reports of player anacondas in the starting zone? Yes. We have, yes. Colin, it's over to you because it's about about the... um... Souverine, initiate self-destruct. Uh... Colin, I, we've established that I'm a bot and I have a self-destruct mechanism which only you, as Chief Archivist, can, um, can corroborate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, activate self-destruct <laughs> no. from, the, from the USS Enterprise as 0001. If I remember right, that really high security code that Captain Kirk always has. <laughs> yeah. What's the password to destroy the Enterprise? Password 123. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the stupidest thing, and they did it in Discovery as well. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, I've started the timer. Um, I, I don't know why this is, this was a design choice, but the timer is actually several million seconds. I thought it was okay. ten o'clock, wasn't it? Anyway, go <laughs> <laughs> out well, with a bang. Back with a bang. Well. Um, we're moving on to the interstellar initiatives, the latest the latest news that we've got on those. Well, it does seem that we have a uh, they have actually chosen um, <laughs> we've chosen where the uh, mega ships with Darrow O'Brien's face on them, we hope, um, are going to go to. And that seems to be the system Snuffy ENH D11 96. Now there's going to be two outposts there, uh, one called the Prospect and another one at Seeker's Rest and the nearby system of Origo XQ LC21 29. Um, both of those will be outposts, so of course that means medium and small ships only. Um, but there's also going to be an additional installation there, which you should, it's one of those scientific outposts, uh, which means that there might be scenarios attached to it. So you could actually defend against it or join in a pirate attack. And 
extract new guardian artifacts that way. Um, now that's in Eon Span, uh, or rather it's called Eon Span in Snuffly ENH D1196 as well. So one of the things they've said is there are two new ways to harvest guardian stuff. Now, this is one thing that's got me. Is it commanders are going to be able to pirate ships and salvage wrecks, or are there other things they've got ready for us? Yeah, I was really interested by this as well. Um, it's uh, it's not obvious whether they mean uh, new mechanisms as in like genuinely new scenarios or just using established gameplay mechanics like piracy in a new area. I yeah. Think that, yeah, could be. Um, but when it says Guardian Commodities, that's talking, though, about um, the ancient relics and stuff like that. I don't think it's talking about module data, is it? it sounds right, yeah. Commodities is game shorthand for something that goes in your cargo hold as opposed to yeah. material. So you still need to do the footballs? If you mean by um, what Will failed to do by firing off the uh, uh, the Guardian installation to reveal the the, the data sphere, then yes, because they don't look like footballs to me. They're quite spherical, the big glowy things. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm sorry if your footballs glow that colour, then go. <laughs> you can play football with them. Uh, uh, the, we, have um, to, we have tried yeah, this. The, the orbs. I arranged a volleyball game with the uh, and the guardian materials. Then I assume that means energy cells or stuff like that. Again, mm. it won't be the the module data or the vessel data or uh, yeah. I mean, well, it's materials. Vessel, it, go, oh, go on, so sorry. I was going to say if it, if it says materials, it sort of implies it will be something like the technology components or the power cells or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it won't be. It won't be the module. It won't be the stuff you have to scan it for. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Which, although is interesting, I think we needed another way of getting the the module, whatever data, perhaps. It's quite yeah. a long. Way. It, it's it's a time consuming way to get it. I mean, either I don't, I don't, I. How about rather than make it easier to get the data, make the requirements for the blueprints less. So, so I, I don't think we should be disincentivizing people from doing the the rigmarole at the Guardian sites, because it's actually pretty good using the, um, you know, firing all the beacons and that kind of thing. But maybe mm -hmm. making it so that the requirements for, for the Guardian gubbins means that you only need one blueprint per thing, per unlockable, so that you're not making people do it more than more than. You one. do. That, they've changed it now. You used to have a number of Oh, modules. is it only one? It's only one now. Oh, you okay. only need to do the, oh, okay. the glowing... And you reckon it, they, should, they should still make it easier to get those blueprints? I wasn't saying easier, I just meant an alternative way. I mean, yeah. one of the things that I really enjoyed was um, discovering the big beacons, but I was disappointed about the fact that there didn't seem to be anything defending it, unlike the, the Guardian structures. And that was a bit of a... I mean, it was, it was impressive flying around a structure that big, but once you'd worked out how to get the beacon, it just got same old, same old. Well, at least with the Guardian installation, you're always on edge looking the skimmers. That's true. Yeah. It would have been quite good actually to have some ship sized antagonists at the beacons. Would have been fun. Well, you never know. They might actually put that in. We don't know yet. Mm, true. Would be nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, that's what we've got lined up for us between the 9th and the 16th. 
Now, on the 16th, something new happens, and the mega ships, or mega buses, as we're now going to call them, uh, will swap over on the Thursday tick. So if you've had enough and you, you want to get back to the bubble, then get on the mega bus. Incidentally, night. do we know how the systems for the outposts was chosen? Is that the result of the vote, or is that yes? That a, was the result of the, the vote. It did seem that they um, they went for it, people did seem to go for the the initial choice because I can't pronounce the system again. Um, mostly because it had one of the generic blueprints and not a ship blueprint, and also there was uh, a couple of systems quite close around it where you could get other um, other different types of blueprints. So it wasn't because it was the first one on the list and they didn't know what to vote for, so they just went for the first one. Well, there did seem to be a surge in voting after um, uh, after Paige went through the whole things on last Thursday, which I think everybody realised that, well, hang on, four of them are all ships and there's got one here which is actually a utility. If you're on a standard ship, the utility is more useful than a, than a ship launch fighter. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Although I've got both, and I must admit, I do enjoy taking out Thargoids in that ship launch fight. <laughs> I love that. I've got a uh, Lance. Absolutely love it. It's just such a fun place to be. They're Tron fighters, aren't they? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. You're yeah, in a, a cockpit full of glowing crystals. It's brilliant. A cross between a Tron fighter and a TIE fighter because they come across, they blow apart very easily. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're great fun. I think they're really, really good. They're also um, one sort of lingering, not complaint with Elite, but some sort of something that I've noticed about Elite is that the ship design is very, very conservative compared to a lot of other space games. Like, the ships are all symmetrical, broadly. They're, you know, they're, they're largely cockpit at the front, sort of big and flat. Um, and I, I know a lot but of that's then again, the old games, but, but Then um, again, with Elite, you get what you pay for, don't you, in terms of real money. If you spend real money on a spaceship, you expect it to be swish. This is Elite, not Star Citizen. No, I know, I know. To, but, um, we're trying to I, avoid that. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything wrong with more creative ship designs. Um, I mean, it's, it's space. There's no, you know, there's no reason why not. Anyway, uh, the point I was making is that the the Guardian fighters are an exception to that. They are genuinely sort of, t you know, traditionally sci-fi looking objects rather than um, cheese wedges with cockpits on them. Well, I think that's a little unfair. And I will say that the initial batch of ships, the classic ships, are definitely cheese wedges. But the later ones, the you know, the the Guardia, the the uh, the Alliance Chieftains, etc. Um and yeah, that's yeah, the Guardian yeah. vessel, they're 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 different. Well they had to follow certainly initially, they had to follow the the same sort of shape as the classic and the frontier elite yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. They had to look at least as though they had the same DNA, because um, indeed some of them are supposed to be the same ship, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's certainly not. It's not a complaint. It's not something. I, it's just I personally quite like how creative. I mean, I've been watching Babylon Five recently, um, and um, for the first time actually, and absolutely love it. And the the ships from all the different races and stuff, even the human ones, they're you know some are vertical, some are horizontal, some of them look organic, some of them look mechanical. It's, just in, it's really wild and creative, and and um, it's it's that kind of uh, in like lack of inhibition when it comes to ship design, which I find quite refreshing. And I wouldn't mind seeing more of it in the future of Elite. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that 
people tend to make spaceships look aerodynamic. And yes, you don't yes. really need an aerodynamic spaceship. Well, that's that's one of the things I did like about Babylon 5 was the original Star Fury wasn't aerodynamic. It was never supposed to fly in, um, fly in atmosphere at all. So basically they had little thrusters coming out everywhere. Yeah, and so here's another bit of tri- Babylon 5 trivia, which you'll all probably like. Um, though the, fire, the Star Fury design was, was so uh, practical, NASA have uh, taken it as a basis for something they want to use in the future. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. Gosh. That's, uh, that's, uh, They're using thing. it for their EVA APACs, aren't they? Yeah. See, I so, would like I always liken the the Star Fury maneuver of of of, swishing, of flipping round, firing, and still travelling backwards. I like that. Yeah, used to think like flight assist off, and the thought of being able to do that is quite cool. Obviously, it's not as pre- not as pronounced in Elite, but mm. you can still pull it off. Yeah, it very much reminds me of the Independence War game, and of course, there was a um, a, a Babylon Five game in production, but Sierra pulled the plug on it. Oh, that's my archivist bones kicking in, so I think we'll move on. <laughs> no, I remember that game as well, Colin, and I remember I downloaded the theme music to it because I released the soundtrack from it many years ago. Mm. So you got the combat theme from it, and yeah. Yes, um, yeah. If you want to get the closest experience to that, I'd definitely recommend it. I War 2, because that is... <laughs> Full Newtonian physics, but moving on, we have um, yes, the in-game events that have been happening over the last week. Well, we've we've actually had a hoax over the weekend. Sure <laughs> yes, we found a this this was, this was quite funny. It just goes to show the community taking something and running with it to death. I think. <laughs> Um, last week, Commander Flavius Aquili um, came out and said that he's found Raxler, and then his thread got deleted. And then that led to a whole load of uh, conspiracy theories that Raxler had been found and Frontier weren't really uh, ready to release that content, and it wasn't really in, and he was under an NDA, and we're going to talk about <laughs> Frontier... Yeah, seriously, and Reddit exploded, the forums exploded, uh, all all over the, all over the weekend, and yesterday evening, um, he finally admitted that it was a hoax. He'd given out a location of Prayer Dry QV V D three forty two, which is three thousand seven hundred light years from Seoul and said that a space station on the eighth moon of the gas giant uh, had had basically there was, there was uh, that's where Raxler was and he even went as far as coordinates and people went out there and looked and said there's not near so basically yes he admitted that it was all a hoax and that uh, he admits he's a troll um, it was the fact that I think his thread, I found Raxler, was deleted. Got the conspiracy nuts on the forum all up to a, up to a, an absolute foaming at the mouth enthusiasm about it. And the other thing is he actually went off, which hasn't been done before. 
know, he, I'm sorry, like, Ben, it's, you're it's, dropping out every third word. It's sorry. like Norman Collier. Is it, am I any, any better now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? I don't know. Can you? That's what I was asking. <laughs> so, but yeah, the other thing is that he was he actually posted the system name, the planet name, and the coordinates of where he found it, which hasn't really been done. Yeah. Hats off to him for a thorough hoax. See, if I was Frontier now, I would put something at those coordinates. After everyone thinks it's a hoax, I'd go and put something there in a time. <laughs> a beacon saying, I am not Raxler. <laughs> yeah. Did the, um, ironically enough, he's got, um, oh, he's got Morse code in his signature saying, you do not find Raxler, Raxler finds you. <laughs> oh, you did that Morse code translation thing as well? Well, yeah. Of course I did. Did the it, mods say it, why they'd um, deleted the thread? Because the, the thread was blank. He did it. He edited all of his posts to be dot, dot, dot or something like that. And then once all that was done, then one of the mods went off and said, the poster has gone off and the OP has gone off and blanked all of his messages there's not really any point continuing this thing thread locked. Right, okay. <clears throat> the good thing is, though, he's, yes, it was a troll, but he's clearly put some thought into it. It's, you know, it's much better than 99.9% .9 of other forum trolls you see on there. He, took, yes. he, he went to some effort, which is always appreciated when you're trolling. <laughs> or he just picked some, no, he wasn't random thinking. He did actually pick something that would fit with the law, didn't he? Yeah, he did, correct. Um, but it's also good, though, that he got um, slapped down by the mods for being a troll. Uh, so his, his, account, just, his account has now got an, an infraction against it for trolling. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Which is fair enough, he was yeah. being a troll. Yeah. It's a good job this show's not on the forum, isn't it? How many infractions would we get anyway? <laughs> well, we'd all put them in your direction, Shan, so, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a troll, much. <laughs> Anyway, that's that bridge you live under. <laughs> ben. Yes? Oh, right. Okay, well... Uh, I um, thought we were going to go and do the... Um... Oh, okay. What are you, this, this is... I guess this is, is... Colin, are you in a position for Shan to do his thing? Yes. Shan, do you want to take it away here? Yeah, I will, yeah. Um, all the way through uh, Distant World 2, um, I have carried a tonne of the rare good I was fortunate enough to, to win uh, a naming of at Labour Con a few years ago. And it was featured in um, Sagittarius Eye a while ago, and it's been in game for a while. And um, the rare good is uh, called, the, uh, called Shan's Karis Orchid. And um, it was named after my stillborn daughter uh, a few years ago. Um, so I thought it quite a nice thing for me personally to do, to carry this all the way to Beagle Point and then leave it and leave it to Beagle Point as a sort of fitting place to, to put it. So uh, what I'm going to do just quickly, I'm going to go out on the SRV and just sort of place it at Beagle Point. I'm not going to have to say any words or anything like that because it's, it's for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, people carry mugs and stuff like that to Beagle Point that I've decided to carry a ton of my rare good there. So yeah, that's quite a nice thing to do. Oh, okay, so uh, that's happening on the live stream now. Here we go.
So um, lots of people are actually now wanting the Thargoid homeworld in the uh, in the chat room while this is happening. Um, yes, for the podcast listeners, this is probably going to be a bit. I'm basically out on planet. What, what pla- it's the planet that the Beagle Points um, beacons at, I believe, other than that, Chan. It is. Yeah, I'm pretty much over the rendezvous point at the um, yeah at so, the uh, Beagle Point stuff. Is so I should just be coming past you. Yeah, so I'm just basically, I'm witnessing this or something like that, recording this moment for posterity or something. I guess, you know, maybe take a moment to remember all fallen commanders. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to, Ben, I'll leave the, I'm going to leave the cargo canister, but you should be able to, well, I can, I, I'll read out the uh, the text on it. I think it might be the easiest thing to do. But yeah. I think just here will do. Yeah. I know, I think it was in issue 16 that of Sagittarius I that it was actually Alan who wrote the, the, the wording for issue 16, if I remember correctly. He did. Alan writes all of our um, rare commodity spotlight pieces. Oh, Shan's running back to his ship now. Is the um, the Beagle Point beacon, uh, does it orbit a, a planet in that system then? or is it? I'm not a- sure, actually. I've just followed Shan's wing beacon to get down here. Are you... Pardon, Crow? Sorry. I think it orbits 2A. Right, okay. Fair enough. Okay, so it's in orbit and we're down on the planet at the moment. Yeah. Are you just collecting the commodity from your ship, Chan? I am, yeah. I just wanted to make sure my key bindings still work. Yeah, I had to I had to remember to actually go off and turn on my SRV bay again. <laughs> you know, for 90% of this journey, it's been switched off. But it's nice, we're actually here in the sunlight at the moment, which is quite pleasant, because usually whenever I land on a planet in DW2, it's actually been nighttime. It's very, um, it's quite gloomy, quite misty actually. It was very misty down around here, yeah. Mind you a bit right now. It's quite quiet, I've only got a couple of other commanders with me. Yeah, well, I'm at the moment in my own private group for Shan, and I know you're, you're in, uh, well, you're, your thing, aren't you, Crow, but obviously your Distant Worlds group was the, was the Distant Worlds group. Yes, yeah, I'm in the main private group. Mm-hmm. I yeah, am so, in the private group. So I'll, I'll just read out what the description is. And actually, it, I was really fortunate. Uh, I'm trying to be really kind because normally when you win the you know the opportunity to name a rare good, you tell them the name, then they go away and write the description and where they're going to place it. Um, but I asked uh, Ed and Zach very nicely, and I said, "Look, I want to name it after um, after Karis." And um, is there a way that you can put in the game what I write? And they said, well, you know, we'll take a look at it, but I don't see why not. So the text in game is the text I actually submitted for it. So I was really, I was really grateful here to let them do that because it's not something they normally do. And it reads, uh, named after its discoverer's late baby daughter, this rare and delicate member of the orchid family is famed for its short but spectacular flowering and for its exquisite aroma, which lingers long after the flower itself has faded. Oh, that's really lovely. Really, so really I lovely. Want, thank you. So I'm just going to leave it to, to leave it to Bugle Point. Mm, there we go. That's, uh, yeah, so thanks for having that. And normal service will now be resumed, I think, on this. Well, on the subject of far, far away, we have uh, a rescue 
from Com um, Commander uh, Van Drie, who was who was um, stranded at the edge of the galaxy. Um, what happened here? Okay, so basically, this commander was at Beagle Point and decided, even further than Beagle Point, unfortunately, said commander didn't quite take enough Jumponium with him. And he wound up jumping and jumping and jumping, and then realized where he was, he couldn't get any more, and then he ran out of Jumponium. And then he, yeah, he, did, he did the right thing first. He, he went off and put out a shout on the distant walls to uh, fuel rats and um, oh, whole seals and all the all their assistance things. Mm -hmm. And they basically investigated the situation for several days, and the answer was, "Sorry, mate, you're screwed." Oh, right. You know, basically, it was like, "Oh, he needed jumponium, and there was no way to there's no way to do a transfer." Of materials, and there was no jumponium in that system. That doesn't um, sound good. No, the guy did go off and do several laps around the planet, trying to find any. Even though everything said there ain't any here, you know, he's got nothing else to do, so he might as well drive around the planet looking for it and hoping. <laughs> um, so he d he did do that and. That you know, that was basically it. And then the next thing we heard, uh, Frontier basically turned around and said, "Well, okay, seeing as for what for whatever reasons, Frontier went off and allowed him, and oh, in his words, a space tug was deployed to move him to the nearest system and allow him to." return from his journey rather than leaving him stranded out there. That was handy. Oh, it was very nice and limiting in consequences. All right, so it, it, this is the... I think it's been this policy for a, about a year. Um, basically, Frontier frontier support give you a free pass, whatever you've been doing. Um, so every, everybody I know who has... Has has contacted them after something's happened, regardless of where the fault is. If they if they say I was doing this, I blew up. I didn't expect <laughs> to blow up. Frontier basically have a cut and paste response, which is um, uh, we'll do it for you this one time, Commander. But know that we can't do it for you every time. So be more careful next time. Um, and they will respond with that, regardless of what you've been doing. Um, there was a somebody, uh, a friend of mine. Um, uh, lost his ship at a white dwarf um you know nothing unexpected exactly as white dwarves are supposed to behave um logged his uh logged it with frontier support um basically said something like i dropped out of supercruise and then couldn't get back out and then blew up and um uh and that that was the response he got which is pretty much identical to the response that i got after i was zipping around a canyon in a fighter and my crew member plowed my ship into a into a mountain while following me um, and blew up. Um, now, arguably, in my situation, the reason I contacted with support was because I thought it was a bug, and it probably it, it, a bug isn't the right word. It was probably just the fact that the AI of the game is not as not as good at flying spaceships as people are. Um, but even so, it's it's telling that you, it's exactly the same exactly the same response and exactly the same 
policy was followed in both situations. See, personally, um, I would never dream of opening a support ticket for me being stupid or making mistakes because, for me, that's part of the game. You know, the only time I've ever had my ship recreated and stuff like that was when I um, spawned inside an asteroid and it blew me up. So I'd been in the house res and I'd come just out of the zone, you know, because I knew about if you've re-logged in inside the field, you can still hit this bug. Yeah. But apparently I wasn't out quite far enough. So I spawned inside the asteroid and blew up before I could actually do anything. And I thought, well, it's clearly a bloke. There's nothing I could have done to avoid it. So I'll put a request in just to, you know, to see what they do. Yeah. And, and they said, yes, you know, you will, will restore you and whatever. So, but that was due to a bug. I, I wouldn't ever do it because I'd made a mistake because where's the elite dangerous in, you know, you get a bailout. I think yeah. the only other time I think I'd try it is if I accidentally um, cleared my save. Yeah, that's that's probably fair enough. I I, I think it's um it, it it's it's a matter of, it's a matter of personal rigor as to whether or not you exploit a situa- situation in which everybody gets a free pass. Um, but I think it's it's probably the pattern is strong enough for it to be. It's noticeable that the um that that frontiers policy appears to be give everybody a slap on the wrist, but 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 whatever they've done, whatever the situation, give them their um. Give them their rebuy back. It's bit, I think it's a bit of a shame, personally. Um, they, it, it should be. It's a it's a complex intellectual game that is based on quite a lot of science, and um, and the limitations on what you can do are plausible and and largely science based. I don't I don't really like the idea that um, that you can disregard warnings in the game and um, uh, and do things that the game. Sort of signposts as being stupid, and then just get a get a free pass. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. You're a little bit quiet, Crow. Can you turn your? Can we turn um, Crow up no, a little bit? I'm sorry, that's not the volume of my mic. It's the volume of my face. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> your face sounds a lot a lot better. Be more now. The technology is. Fair enough. Well, sorry. What what did you say about the? I, um, I, no, no, I, th- I I just I think I tend to agree with you. I think um. One of the things I've always valued about the game, and oddly than the thing that made me stay with it, is the fact that it's hard. And yeah. stuff happens. And that's kind of the point. And that's a good way of putting it. I, I like, on the one hand, I think Frontier, the, the way they care for their commanders is actually pretty good, to be honest. I think they might be way. And the idea that they have, okay, you have one from past, is in terms of community management, in terms of engagements, that's fine. That's actually a really good thing, but it doesn't—it doesn't quite fit the game, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Um, I don't know. It's—it's—it's it's, it's tricky. This is tricky waters, really, because the um, this is especially at the moment with conversations around accessibility and difficulty and all that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's. Um, uh, you, you, I agree with you that it's—it's it's a really, really good idea in terms of taking the sting out of. Um, out of community management. I mean, I've seen I've seen situations. There's one where a a chap jumped into a system uh, which was further than he could go, and the, I think it was a, a, a similar jumponium situation. And he was, um, and everybody said, "You're going to have to, um, you're going to have to, uh, you're just going to have to suicide winder or, or, or you know, uh, remlock ride of shame back to the bubble." And um, 
and he absolutely went nuts. And uh, he started saying that he was um, that Frontier and all the the people that were commenting on it were um, were being um, biased against his religion, um, and that his oh, due to his religious beliefs, he, he couldn't suicide in the game um, because he's a you know because um, he. he he didn't. He didn't. Uh, his his religion sort of um, prohibited that, and um, uh, and his his. his How did he cope playing Mario? Well, <laughs> yeah, but his communications with Frontier got kind of borderline abusive, and uh, he, he was saying to saying to the support guys like, "Oh, you guys are all minimum wage. How do you know? Are you are you getting a power trip from this? From denying me, giving me my rebuy back, and all this sort of thing." Um, uh, or not his rebuy, but you know, moving into another system, and uh, it was pretty vile. Actually, it was. Is I read it. You know, it's the kind of thing where you read it and wince, and you just think, "Oh, dude, don't be a dick." And um, and I think in the end, uh, they were they held out for a few messages, a bit of back and forth. But I'm pretty sure in the end, he was actually moved to another system, even though he even though he had basically said, I, "You know, this is all my fault. I, there's no mitigating circumstances. I did I did this of my own volition." I'm just refusing to bear the consequences because of some spurious um, religious claim, and um, and they and they still moved him to. Um, eventually, they did just think, oh, you know, they must have just thought, oh, it's a bit more hassle than it's worth. We might as well just move him and get him to stop whining. But, but also, there, there's been occasions where, and I think it was um, in a one-way trip. So basically, what happens is, is you can get there, but you can't get back one of those, and yeah. what people did was they um, logged in, help Frontier, I got here, I'm stuck, can you get me back? So what they did, they scanned the system, appealed to Frontier's better nature, got moved back to the bubble, then claimed the discovery. Ugh, jeez. Fuck. Part of me wants to say, like, that's, that's actually an unfair advantage over other players. That's where it ceases to be... That's where it ceases to be... Um, uh, I'm getting my knickers in the, in the twist a bit. I'm well aware of that, but like it, that's where it does cease to be. Oh, you know, it's all all's well in community management, and it's just a, it's it just saves everybody's just set, just you know saves bad feeling, and it turns into no, that's unfair advantage territory. It is, but my own personal view is I think frontier support in general are too lenient on people anyway, because we all know of people who've exploited fairly seriously and didn't get a ban. Whereas in yeah. any other game, they would have been banned for life and, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So, but then again, they are probably some of the best support I've ever seen inside a multiplayer game. So I guess it swings both ways. Is when you need help, they are really accommodating. Um, so finding that balance, I think, is a bit tricky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, th- I think the lack of... Um... The lack of game bans is pretty staggering. I can't remember which which developer released their figures the other day, but somebody announced that they'd banned over seven hundred thousand accounts. Um, that would be Anthem. Anthem, right? Well, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I don't remember Frontier ever announcing that. I don't remember hearing about any account ever oh, some, permanently. A lot of companies don't announce their bans, whereas other companies actually uh, not only announce them, they have special 
in-game avatars they spawn right next to the player before killing them and banning them, so everyone knows that person's been banned. Nice. <laughs> what? Spawns next to them and goes, in your face, you've been banned. Sick burn. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get teased again, but what happened in Guild Wars 2 is <laughs> um, when a player is banned, yeah, for those of you playing the Shan drinking game, take your drink now. <laughs> we've had Brexit. We've oh, we're on to the. No, to I, the didn't mention, I didn't mention the B word at all this week. Um, anyway, so what happens is there's an avatar of the Grim Reaper appears in public in the middle of a town or where the thing is, and it swings a scythe at the player and chops him in half, and then the player is then banned. Awesome! I really like that. Yeah, that is actually quite cool. Yeah. Do you think we could have? Do you think we could have the Viper of Death then? <laughs> yes, yeah, or a Sidewinder with um, uh, with the um, the advanced the response. <laughs> well, actually, well, actually, I remember watching a stream. I think it was uh, DJ Truth's uh, stream uh, a while ago, where he challenged um, Zach to a duel in an eagle. What Zach Antonacci? Uh, yeah, challenging to <laughs> duel. And then, so he all turned, so um, DJ all turned up with his decked out eagle and stuff like that. And um, Zach just had an eagle with a big square box on top of it. And the big square box was a gun from a space station on the on the top. <laughs> no way. Oh, I love that. Brilliant, Zach. <laughs> oh. I suppose he can cheat like that. We'll give him that. That's, That's brilliant. Excellent. That's so funny. <laughs> was he able to draw a bead on, on Truthsayer? I should think well, so in an eagle without a problem. I think I remember watching the screen and it was just a big flash of blue on DJ's screen and then the rebuy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I love that he did that. <laughs> so ballsy. I can't believe he did that, um that he was able to do that in open. I wouldn't have thought that I wouldn't have thought that Frontiers um, that Frontiers like modding tools worked in the in the live build of the game. I I, I assume they must be able to do that. There must be a, a dev account because otherwise, how could they log in and teleport people around if they couldn't do that sort of thing? Yeah, fair. Yeah, um, I've just I've just seen on streams and things when they when they do things like mess around with the with the overlays on the galaxy map and stuff. They've often said, "Oh, you know, this isn't a this isn't a live build of the game. This is our." More build, uh, this is our, you know, dev build or whatever. But um, yeah, interesting. I, I I'm not sure if the bod has gone. It was a while ago. It might still be around somewhere. Uh, I'll try and have a look for it. But it was I can't even remember what date it was to be honest to find it. But yeah, I'd love to see that yeah, anyway. So um, I think what we'll do at the moment is we will uh, take an ad break and we will come back with our main discussion, uh, welcoming the, our guests from Distant Walls too. Shield at 14%. Thanks for the warning. But I can read... These guys are going to gank me. Incoming communication. Open a channel. Feeble pilots, you will surrender your craft to us or face destruction. Well, I could, but there's at least one thing my craft does better than yours. Oh yeah? What's that? Break. Now I've got you. One down, one to go. Alert. 
is capable alarm. The commander requires rescue. Somebody else's problem. Incoming communication. Go on then. Keep them coming. That was my brother, you son of a spacer. And his bounty will be very useful. Look, there's two ways this can go. So how about we call the troops so I can pick up his pot? Um, how about no? Alert. Escape pod alarm. A commander requires rescue. Yeah, yeah. They can keep each other company until some other sucker comes through. One more bounty in the bank. Good. Updating Elite Federation of Pilots record. Your combat rating has increased to below average. <laughs> well, don't let my official record fool you. Congratulations. Commander Thane. Find out more information about Escape Velocity at laveradio.com or slash Escape Velocity. You can back Chris in his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Radio Theatre Workshop. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? And welcome back. Now, one of the things that has happened this week is that Distant Worlds 2 has reached Beagle Point, which is, uh, <laughs> uh, as everyone is aware, the furthest you can go, really. So uh, we have our two guests with us today to uh, to discuss uh, how the expedition has, has uh, run for everybody. We've obviously got Ben and, and Deshan, who have who followed Distant Worlds since its inception. So... Um, just basically, quickly round round everybody. How do you feel now that you've all reached Beagle Point? Um, well, I I'm just glad to uh, take part in this trip. It's uh, it's been quite the uh, quite the journey out here. Uh, this is actually some of the most fun I've had uh, in game since I started um, being part of um, the the organizers. Well, not really organizers, but um, part of the team. Both doing the photo uh, contests and the um, and as a helper while that role was still existing on the Discord, it was um, yeah I, I really had a good time. Long way back too, so I'm going to be out here for quite a while, just yet. So how how are you feeling, Crow? Um, mixed actually. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very mixed emotions because on the one hand, um, on the one hand, it's been amazing. You know, um, it's been a long time um, for the org team 
we started doing this, I was just looking back and, and I was, and it was a long time ago. Um, I was first asked, I think Kai first ping me or Aramis first ping me, um, in January last year, um, whether I wanted to run the PS4 part of it. So for the old team, it's been a long time. It's been, it's been a, a very present part of our lives for a very long time. Um, and then the expedition itself is also it takes time, as, as, as you just said. You know, it takes a long time to get out, um, and it's going to take a long time to get back. So um, on the one hand, I feel like something we've worked for a long time on is coming to an end. And it's kind of sad, actually. Everybody's tooting around on the surface, and there's hobbies thinking, okay, that's great and all, but we're done now. And so what happens for my friends? What happens to all of the people that I've met? And what happens to the friendships and the camaraderies that have formed over three months, four months? Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a transitional period. On the other hand, I'm utterly delighted. And it's just been amazing from start to finish. Um, we have broken every conceivable record for participation in, in, in this game and many others. Um, and the, um, the, the, the engagement that's come from it has spread beyond the expedition itself. It's like, um, you know, we, okay, there's been a lot of us, nearly 14,000 on the expedition, technically. Um, but through the Twitters, through the Reddits, through the, uh, through the live streams, through all the various other media that are available to the commanders that have been on the expedition, it's reached out beyond the expedition and actually pulled in and involved a far larger part of the wider elite player base. So it's, it's, it's extraordinary on every level. So I'm left coming. So how am I feeling at the moment about it? Tired um, and a little bit sad, uh, but very happy and thinking, ah, crap, it's over and we'll just also include in the show notes a very nice um, uh, done by uh, Jacastia on uh, Reddit, which says um, commanders gathering up for the final jump to Beagle Point, taking a very nice uh, screenshot there. Final act of the Distant Worlds 2 expedition. Thank you to the organizers, but special thanks to Commander All Crows Are Black and the entire PS4 team and to all commanders that participated in comms. It made an amazing journey. You are loved, which is, I suppose, after sort of three months of constant, in constant contact with everybody, we've kind of got, you've gone, you've got your own sub-community all there. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I, I, that was such a useful thing to see. And uh, everybody's been, the way that people have responded to me has been extraordinary. Currently, <laughs> Stream. There's a couple of guys. <laughs> just kidding. They're just so. What got the giggles <laughs> over there, Crow? Yes, there's a couple of guys. Stop laughing, you know. I'm sorry. Um, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 I was trying to say, in all seriousness, this just the way everybody's responded has been just amazing. Um, I am so grateful for things like that. I, I just, you know, uh, uh, what can I say? I've got no words for it, really. Um, 
it's to everybody who has sent a little post to me, a little DM to me, a little thing on a forum or wherever it's been that's just said, maybe it's just, you know, thanks. And it's been fun to find me. Just, you know, all of those, every single one of those, I, I, I just, I really do take them. I really do. Um, I, know I, can, I know I can speak to the way the Xbox community community has kind of come together on this trip, the ones who have, who have gone on the trip. Um, the, obviously, the Xbox community is, is a lot smaller PC side of things, and it's pretty rare that you come across other players mo- most of the time. You, you, mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of other people in-game. Um, getting an opportunity to meet up with this many players, even even just a handful, six, seven other players in one instance, was... Um, for Xbox, unless you are on an expedition, so um, the amount of people that I've met uh, that I'd never would have met any really, um, except on an expedition of this size, it's it's um, it's really been incredible. Uh, I've been very impressed. So we've had good full instances right across all three platforms, haven't we? Um, we've certainly packed ours. We've got a much smaller instance cap than PC. And um, we we filled out. The instance cap seems to have grown, and I'd like to know. I should never have a chance to, to actually ask when that happened and what the number new numbers are. I haven't had a chance to test it fully yet, but it used to be twenty seven. I know for a fact that we can now get at least twenty nine in instances which we couldn't do before. And so instances have grown fast, which is good. But we're filling them up. And like you said, on PlayStation, um, we had a tenth of the commander of the overall. So a tenth of the commander's expedition overall were present on each of the platforms at each of the consoles. About 10% Xbox, 1,200, 1,300 odd. Um, uh, PlayStation was the same. And you don't get those sorts of numbers. I've got my 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 uh, my private group is larger than Mobius. Um, <laughs> one of the Mobius. Not the whole, not all of them, but one of the Mobius ones. So, um, that's it makes it really quite unusual it's um to get those numbers in the console community all together doing one thing and engaging with one another is much more unusual than it is for pc and it's changed it's changed the character of, of, of the playstation's um uh, uh exploration community there's no question about that and i've now got because I've got the private group, so they're all in there. I also set up a load of chat facilities and various other things within PlayStation Network to try to keep everybody together so we don't lose that after this ends. Only time will tell um, how well that works. But it has really been a good time. I re- yeah, I really feel like it's the same I, same thing for, for Xbox. I mean, have you guys found that the fact that um, you when you jump into one of these locations and you see a whole load of square hollow squares that that is reassuring yeah and, uh, yeah actually and, i mean uh, some is um i know there were there were there was a lot of paranoia on the trip in terms of oh well there's a there's another player are they going to interdict me are they going to, you know even there was a lot of paranoia but um i find that um it, it was nice to see other people it was a it was a nice surprise when you come uh, along the way. I mean, also, the, the thing that I do have to ask, Ed, you, the new system that they put in comms for uh, system-wide communication, did that reduce the isolation as well so that everybody could talk to one another regardless of instance that they were in? 
I found I found that I used Squadron Chat more than I used the the full system um, chat. Right. Uh, I I found it helped to bring a lot of people together because we had quite a few on our uh, the Distant World Squadron on uh, on Xbox, mm-hmm. and you'd kind of see the same people. You tend to be playing at the same time, so you're seeing the same people again and again and again. Um, to kind of communicate that in Discord, obviously. Yeah. It was very good for um, sweeping and getting instances done um, because you could just you could you could put out a call for the entire system, so asking anybody who's not in Discord, no voice comes whether or not you know anybody wants to weigh in, and that was right. something we couldn't even do before. Um, so that was that was a very good thing. The flip side of uh, the major flip side, I think, of the system in my chat was that it was used by nefarious types when they were in systems. So, because it's not only is it system wide, it's also mode wide. They right. could verbally harass the fleet in the system wide chat. Yeah, that's right. There, there were a few instances of uh, of the players out into open saying, "Oh, it's fine. There's no one else out here. We're <laughs> the water's <Yes>. fine." <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, the water's faint, says the sharks. Um, yeah. It's nice yeah. and warm. It's nice and warm over here. <laughs> Billy say it's warmed by the blood that's already there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Ben and Shan, what have your experiences been of uh, Distant Worlds Two? Then, I think my overriding impression of it um, was how. St- stunningly organized it was mm. and i'm not just talking about the fleet logistics of you know making sure 13 odd thousand commanders actually feel as though they can do it if or they can go as far as they want but the detail for the points of interest the, mm-hmm. the little side missions of you know we want you to map this sector and the whole thing has just been stunningly organized. I mean, I've organized in-game events before on, on different games, and this this was off the scale in terms of organization. What's really yeah. amazing, What's really amazing I mean, is the, the size of the team that is actually putting this together compared to the amount of organization that they had to do is just astronomical. Um, oh, yeah, we had, we had Dr. Kai on a few weeks ago talking right. about that, and yeah, I think that's my overarching memory of it. I mean, because I mean, I, I've been to Beagle Point on my on my main account, and there wasn't anything in the journey I found difficult, um, particularly not with jump out with engineered ships and stuff like that. But it was it was the the detail which had gone in and the surveying that. I, mean, I don't know how many times people went to and fro on the route to check stuff to make sure it was all there and which point of interest was going to be included and which one you know was left optional yeah i mean i, I didn't actually do that many um mass jumps out with people uh, i think i did a couple on the way but that was fun you know i enjoyed it but yeah it was just the organization and everything around it which just left me in order to be honest but while we're at it actually dr kai is going to be joining us next week uh he couldn't make it unfortunately the with us for next week's show to give his impressions about everything. Oh, good. Excellent. One of my favourite uh, bits of the when Dr. Guy was on was when we said, what have the most difficult parts of the whole thing been? And he just went, 
nothing really. It's all been <laughs> none of it's been very difficult at all. <laughs> Seemed like he really enjoyed himself, actually. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love the. I love the. Most people would just invent something. <laughs> one, one thing which really is sort of a PSA, really, is that when you get to Beagle Point, make sure you fill in the right. form that's on the Discord and I believe on the on the post as well to uh, register your arrival at Beagle Point, uh, not only for the Distant Worlds organization team, but also Frontier as well. Uh, so if you haven't done that and are at Beagle Point, I think you've got until the 2nd of June. Is that right? Uh, I believe it's uh, even later than that. Um, I'm sorry. I think it's mid-June, actually. I, yeah, I literally filled it out a few minutes ago. Um, it's 13th of June. 13th, yeah. All right, cool. And what is this about the uh, Distant Worlds 2 Beagle Point arrival mug? I've seen ah, a video yes. posted on by Dr. Kai showing uh, an aforementioned mug. Is this something that everybody can apply for? Yes, uh, you can make a donation yeah. via his website, and um, you can get just the standard mug that has the root printed on it and um, and your commander name uh, saying so-and-so, commander so-and-so uh, reached Beagle Point or with this ship name uh, at whatever you presented uh, at the time, and or you can um, pay him a little bit extra, or donate a little bit extra, and you can um, provide him with a uh, your ship, and actually have your ship put on the the mug as well. Um, so they're actually quite nice. I was I was looking at them. I'm considering it. So you can put the link in the ship in the uh, the links in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, What's right. more, there's going to be a heat sensitive mug. Right. That when you put in your nice <coughs> mug of gin, or hot gin, I suppose in hot this case, gin. <laughs> hot gin, um, it'll actually reveal the reveal the root as the as the hot gin gets filled up. Yeah, yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite interesting. So I have to, I'm very <laughs> tempted by that one when he, when he goes off and makes that available. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. So yeah. is there any timescales or proposed timescales for these mugs? Because obviously if if everyone applied for a mug, it's going to take a while to get them all printed and, and stuff. So is there a, a timescale they've said for this? Not at the moment, but I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there will be at the moment. We'll, we'll, ask, we'll ask Dr. Kai next week. And... Right. Yeah. I know I, I'm gutted that I'm, I, I kept meaning to do it, and I totally forgot to go off and get a... Patch from Cohen left, and oh. I am I am kicking myself that I yeah, I just kept putting it off and putting it off and then well not putting it off I just kept forgetting about it. I've already I've spoken to him and he's like I'm sorry Ben I've got oh. I've got they've, they've all gone now. Shame. I was like ah it serves me right. Yeah, obviously if Cohen left for Frontier he'd do another run just for me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. And on the subject of of fina- finality, um, there was the final Distant Worlds two newsletter as well. Um, obviously, lots of memory has gone over. A nice summary of Wishblend's RPG, which has been happening at the same time. Uh, a summary of the route and its goals. Uh, ben, did you? Can Colin. you go into, yes, can you go into depth about the bringing it all into perspective part? Okay, yeah, so Dr. Kai went off and did a, 
lovely page-long spread, basically, about multi, multi, multiple dimensions. And that's just the kind of random stuff that I really like. So it's like, you know, it's very easy, obviously, with, with three-dimensional beings, and we're used to everything being in XYZ coordinates. Um, I think most of us are fairly familiar with the idea of if you're a two-dimensional being living in flatland, then these are the these are things. But then Dr. Kai started going on about ten dimensions and a thousand dimensions and crazy things like that. Um, Dang, like extent, you're given about yeah. how life could exist in ten dimensions. Or a thousand dimensions. And not necessarily life, it's just just let's think about what being being a four dimensional being would mean. Or what what being a you know, a thousand dimensional thing. What what a thousand dimensions actually means. Um and if I find the quote, which I'm gonna to have to scroll down to He's going. He starts going on about hyperspheres, which are multi-dimensional spheres. That yeah. when you you break them down and break them down, and then you look at you know how. So say you've got four circles inside of the square. Yes. Yeah? Then you look at the intersection in the middle, where the the negative space of that, and that basically follows a formula, who I can't remember at the moment, but we don't care about that. Um, and then, the, but the formula is the same no matter how many dimensions you're in. And once you start getting over so many dimensions, the negative space is actually bigger <laughs> than the constraining box. Right. Okay. Which just kind of breaks your head. I'm thoroughly confused. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's and why was, I loved it. And there was me thinking my data constructs of multidimensional arrays was complex enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, oh, another thing to, to highlight is Polygon's Charlie Hall. Um, he's been with the Distant Worlds 2 uh, expedition as well, and he has written and published an article in Polygon detailing his experiences, which I, I think it's, it's fair to say mirrors uh, what's already been said here tonight, which is it's great while it happened it's kind of, it's had that it's over, and it's a long way back. I mean, I, I, it's been wonderful overall for Elite in general, because it, is, it has kept uh, the profile of the game uh, quite high in a lot of the news groups and, uh, and on some of the news sites as well. Uh, so... I mean, is there anything organized for the way back, or is it just every man for themselves? There was a route that was posted, um, but it's not an it's not edition. This is the um, the Voyager route, basically following roughly what they believe the 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 path taken by um, Voyager. <laughs> what well, as in as in Star Trek? As in Star Trek. Yes. Oh, uh, right. Someone um, commander's name now. Um, did his best to try and figure out where, um, where the Voyager, where the ship would have traveled uh, on its on its return right. trip to Earth, and then mapped out a a route based on that in in Elite. So I'm heading so, right part of that route. Uh, it's about um, twenty thousand 
uh, yeah, 20,000 light years to the east. Yes. Of, uh, of That's where the caretaker would be. Yep. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and it's, it, it's quite a long route. It's going to take, take a while to return, but it's expedition. There are waypoints though. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll highlight that. I think, uh, at a, uh, when we've got Dr. Kai on next week. And you were um, saying you were going to take that route, what, didn't you? Yeah, that's probably the route I'm going to take back. Uh, mostly, I think my biggest... I'm the same as you know, Crow and uh, Mr. Plough. <laughs> I don't want this to be over. And a large part of why I don't want it to be over is it was only five... It was, a, it was roughly five light years Sorry, 5,000 light years a week. And that's been a very doable amount for me, given my amount of playtime and the fact I have other commitments and want to play other games as well. And I know myself well enough that if I don't have something like the Voyager route to follow, I would probably go make a beeline back from Beagle Point to the to Explorer's Anchorage and then Explorer's Anchorage back to Colonia. Exactly. And then Colonia back to the bubble. And I would burn myself out doing it because it would just be jump, 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 jump. Absolutely. And it's all things you've seen before. Yeah. But, but it's new. for that reason I, I've taken on an initiative to plot um to plan a route for my PS4 commanders. So taking my DW2 hat off for a minute because it's, because obviously officially DW2's over. Um, but as, as the squadron leader for my, my, my player group, um, IPX, I can say, okay, well, I brought you all the way out here. Um, so I don't feel right to say, right, bye, 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 thank you, bye. Um, <laughs> I, I feel an obligation to help everybody come back again. So um, I've done a route that I'm calling the Great Return. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's relatively straightforward. It's really just, um, it's really just kind of 13 weeks worth of, of, um, of bi-weekly waypoints that ends at CTH so that people can decide uh, to go north-ish if they like to Colonia or the or back to the bubble. But it's, it's a way of just, having a facility there for a returning commander so they don't do exactly what we talk about, which is burn themselves out just shooting back again. Because which which direction does the uh, pass through? Is it roughly directly back or is it um, to the it's west or east? Direct, it's roughly directly back. Oh, okay. I polled my commanders um, and uh, I did a, I, I, they all submitted a form for me uh, and I asked them what they were planning to do. So on the basis of the responses, um, me and and and, um, and my team put together a, a route patch. Actually, designed it. Repairman Patch, who's uh, one of the hull uh, seals, he he planned the route on the way back. Yeah, many moons ago, that's what I did um, when I went to Beagle Point. Coming back, I set myself a goal of three thousand light years a day, which was a thirty-four light year anaconda. It took me a while, but it was it was. It was good to say, okay, this year, this today, I'll do three thousand light years, and then if it did felt like doing more, I did more. But it it was an easy target for me to do, and it just you just clicked the Kylie's off as you as you did it, rather than feeling as though you had to get back in ten minutes. 
Right. I'm, I'm kind of on the way out to the start of this next route of the Voyager route because it was 20,000 uh, light years away. It's essentially going from the bubble to, uh, and it's area, it's area of space I've never explored before. So um, I didn't know what I was going to run into. And um, I'm just kind of going by jumps. I'll do, you know, 50 jumps a day or whatever it happens to be, whatever I can, I can get to I'll set a target and go to that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to the, as I can, and then take my time a little bit to actually go through some of the, the points of interest, that kind of thing. Maybe scan a few more, uh, interesting. Sounds excellent. Um, well, uh, I'm glad that, um, you've all decided to stick together on that because I must admit the one thing that did scare me about, going on distant worlds to and what put me off was actually the journey back and having mm -hmm. to do because I, I saw uh, DJ Truth say I go practically nuts <laughs> trying to come back by himself yeah. effectively um, from the last one so oh, I didn't fancy that but, but I'm glad in order to, to register as finishing distant worlds too, you don't actually need to come back as long as you fill in the form and you landed at, at Beagle, uh, Beagle 2 and Beagle Point, mm -hmm. you qualify for having completed Distant Worlds 2. So if you really, really can't face it and you don't mind losing the expiration data, you can just blow up and still count as being completed. Oh, but just think of losing all that exploration money. Uh, how many people can, can uh, handle that? Well, I, I know Shan and I, you know, I'm not a billionaire, but and I don't need ranking. I could do it, I'm just not going to. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to actually staying with my feet. And they'll put and they're helping me get <coughs> excuse me. And helping me get home. That'll be fun. Excellent. So, um has anybody got any final points they would like to, to say before uh we move on to uh, the community section of the there there was something uh, interesting I, I was going to add. Actually, I was going to say it if I uh, had gotten here on time, I would have uh, mentioned it in the in the intro. But uh, something interesting something interesting happened um, uh, involving me and um, or Fleet Common myself um, just yesterday. Uh, apparently, message through a friend of mine. Apparently, my some of my communications through Discord and through in game were being monitored under suspicion that I was some sort of spy or ganker like hiding out in the in the in the fleetcom uh seriously fleetcom private group on xbox uh this seriously. entire time <laughs> yeah yeah so i i contacted them about it and they're like what, what? So they, they were taking screenshots of my my messages that i put up and uh you know reading into them like oh i bet he's looking for for people to 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 meet up with so that he i'm like yeah, like you got me, guys. I flew all the way out to to Beagle Point, sixty five thousand light years in a in an unarmed crate with <laughs> the lightest shields I could fit on it, just to you know, I don't know, kick you to death. I, uh, <laughs> I, so I thought it was kind of funny. I, initially, I was I was upset about, it, but I'm like, that's so ridiculous. But, isn't isn't that the equivalent of don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to say that, but, but you know. You know, I was I was working with the team on the way out there. I mean, like, I guess it would have been the perfect, the perfect uh, disguise. No one would have 
Yeah. He tried to ingratiate with his team, himself and the team early on, but um, that's that's he, true. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't hang on to it for long enough. Right. So, um, what we'll do is we will uh, thank uh, uh, our guests for uh, joining us, bringing us up to date on Distant Worlds too, um, and move over to the community corner. Well. Not much has been happening in the community lately. Uh, we did have the ECM Elite Community Meets results for 2019. And for everybody who turned up there, you should pat yourself on the back because you helped raise over £4,496.92 to go towards the two charities, which I do believe are Special Effect and Hearing Dogs. Um, both charities uh, have received their money and the payments have been made. So um, we just have to say a big thumbs up to the Hunt and Orbital Truckers, who, yeah, uh, well who are basically the main organisers for the ECM. Uh, and uh, yeah, well done. And I must admit, when when we were there, it is it is one of those events which, um, because it's done for the community by the community, it's got a kind of really nice nice atmosphere to it. It doesn't seem to be any pressure for anybody when they turn up. So, uh, I mean, have we had any questions from the chat room? Uh, that we can use for the uh, <laughs> before we round out for the rest of this evening. Okay, we'll move, we'll, leave, we'll leave that one alone. Um, well, obviously, then um, we have LaveCon. LaveCon will be happening uh, between the fourth and seventh of July at the Sedgebrook Hotel, and it's sponsored by Spider-Man Games. Um, as Ben has already uh, said, next week, episode 244, we should be joined by Dr. Kai from uh, Distant Worlds 2, so um, it would be nice to hear his perspective to for the, the winding up of, uh, of the event. I mean, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio Broadcasts on Thursdays at half past eight, uh, you can see them at tv.forthemug.com or listen to them at radioforthemug.com. Um, as you can imagine, they're quite ecstatic about uh, the final figures which were released last week. So, um, you know, clap on the back for them. Um, for those of you who uh, would like a bit of CQC action and cannot see for the life of you get a game, uh, please head over to the CQ, CQC Discord, which you can find at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Uh, that will help you uh, arrange matches with people uh, if you want some uh, games. Now, uh, following this, of course, we have the fantastic Galnet news by Commander Witherspoon, who will bring us at latest to date with uh, what's been happening in the galaxy. Um, now, before I sign out, does anybody have any final business? No, I don't believe so. Not from me. No. 
So, um, well, thanks to Shan for sharing um, that that moment of dropping off the uh, the special cargo. Uh, I think that <laughs> that was that has to be uh, yes, one of those moments where you uh, it's really appreciated that you share, shared that. Um, so, I guess that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. You could join our TeamSpeak server, where commanders like to hang out and chat, at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight, uh, G- uh, oh, British summertime, and streamed out at liveradio.com slash live. So thanks to uh, Commander Shan, thanks to uh, uh, Commander Aid Vice, thanks to uh, Commander Ray Tracer. Uh, thanks to Commander All Crows Are Black. Hope you, you have managed to get through this. You're still alive. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, we're talking to uh, Kim. This is a first. We're talking to her ghost now. So, I'm talking to my ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and thanks to uh, Commander Shan, uh, and thanks to Commander Sovereign. So, uh, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 7th of May, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Distant World Decimated, Alliance President in Funding Probe, The Butler Did It, The Thursday Morning Megabus, Distant Worlds Decimated, 
The announcement of the completion of the Distant Worlds 2 expedition may be premature according to figures obtained by Galnet Digest. The article in Vox Galactica describes how 13,000 expedition members set out from Pellini on the 13th of January and how, after a journey of 73,000 light-years, the expedition has now arrived at its destination Beagle Point. What the article doesn't describe is the massive level of attrition. Using data from those expedition members registered on the EDSM Galactic Mapping System, it appears that only around 20% of the fleet has made it to Beagle Point, whereas around 13% have chosen to self-destruct. While there are still a few more weeks for expedition members to complete the journey, it seems highly likely that some explorers have given up, been lost in the depth of space, or have continued past Beagle Point in a bid to reach the next galaxy. Among the achievements the article lists for Distant Worlds 2 is the construction of the Deep Space Research Station Explorer's Anchorage near Sagittarius A-Star. This now serves as a permanent base for pirates seeking to plunder ships visiting the galactic core, as well as facilitating some very beautiful and detailed photographs of the supermassive black hole at the centre of the M37 galaxy. The organisers of Distant Worlds 2 have invited participants to make their own way home, which is their way of saying, bugger off, we're tired. Alliance President in Funding Probe Failed presidential candidate Elijah Beck has accused the successful candidate, Gibson Kincaid, of receiving several billion credits in illegal and undeclared election funding. Beck declined to give any details, other than that the funding was arranged by a senior figure in the Bank of Zeance. However, his proposal that the Assembly should open an inquiry into campaign funding has been passed. Should Kincaid be found guilty of wrongdoing, his position as president would most likely become untenable. The butler did it. The thief who stole Commander Bjorn Lennox's Diamondback Explorer from Fort Dixon in Vega has been identified as a technician working for the hangar services team. Dan Romero has a wife and children on the station where he's lived for 11 years. Why he stole the ship, how he bypassed ship security, and where he's taking it are all unanswered questions. As is the question of why the theft of a Diamondback Explorer warrants intergalactic news coverage. The Thursday Morning Megabus The results are in. Nearly 3,500 commanders voted in the poll to choose a destination for the Zende Partners Guardian Shuttle. And of those who voted, nearly 40% chose the site that contains the blueprints for the Guardian fighters. Accordingly, from the 16th of May, a regular megaship shuttle will fly the 541 light years from Zende to Sinuf EN-HD11-96 while another megaship will fly in the opposite direction. The two megaships, the Conduit and Sadler's Song, will do this once a week, on Thursdays. But if you miss the departure, don't despair. It's only about 20 jumps in an average ship, 
and there will be a new outpost halfway. Seekers rest at Rigo XQ-L C21-29 to encourage you to try to fly there without a fuel scoop. Two new outposts will be established in Sinuf EN-HD11-96. One, a hub for data gatherers. The other, a research facility. Such facilities inevitably attract pirates, making the Guardian ruins much less safe than previously. However, commanders willing to pirate or scavenge are likely to be able to collect Guardian materials in new and exciting ways without actually needing to go anywhere near a Guardian site. Commanders who want to be the first to profit from the new facilities are encouraged to fly out in advance of the Megabus and earn a few billion extra credits before the crowds arrive. Guardian materials are going to be the new Void Opals. Perhaps. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>